630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Right wing to dry sidle. Holds up, leaves it. Here comes McDavid. He'll cut to the net. Scores! Connor McDavid upstairs, short side, and the Oilers are up 3 2. The Edmonton Oilers stars were shining this afternoon. Four points for McDavid, a hat trick, four points for Leon Dreisaitl, and the Oilers beat the Senators again. 4-2 is the final. Edmonton 8-0 against Ottawa this season. Their record for the year now 24-14-2. They'll play the Senators for the ninth and final time this year tomorrow at 5. Thanks a lot for tuning in this afternoon along with Rob Brown. I'm Reid Wilkins. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Two early goals in the Montreal-Toronto game, which is now just four minutes old. That one is 1-1, and we'll keep you updated there. Well, Rob, I mean, the big guys did it. They, They were just absolutely spectacular this afternoon. Yeah, the Ottawa Senators just don't have an answer. They they don't. They don't have an answer up front. They can match a line against them. They don't have an answer on the back end with a, a defensive pairing they feel comfortable with. Dave Tippett, uh, he saw what the two of them did together the last time they played against the Senators. He put them back together tonight knowing that there was no way that the Senators can contain them. You're giving up a little bit of offense down the rest of your lineup. Trickle-down effect if your best two players play together. But he was betting on the fact that Connor and Leon could outscore the Senators by themselves, as they have every game in this series, and he wasn't wrong. Uh, it is one of those ones where the goals that they they scored, you're the goalie, you did nothing wrong. You're looking at it and oh, I played that right. The defenseman, well, I mean, what was I supposed to do? How was I supposed to stop him? We pushed Drysaddle on the one goal to a bad angle. How are we supposed to know he could score from there? So... Leon and Connor came to play. They were fantastic in this hockey game, and they were the reason that the Edmonton Oilers got two points. And really some great goals in this game. The game winner that we played by McDavid with 6.06 to go, the Oilers entered the zone with 7.49 on the clock. They had it for a minute 43 of forecheck, and Kaskin was on the ice initially. He changed, and Drysettle came on. So you had McDavid, Drysettle, Pugliarvi, Nurse, and Bear, and just patient moving the puck around and then finally against a an exhausted Ottawa defense core he just finally blazed to the net and finished it normally when you get a team hemmed in for a long period of time uh, eventually you get a, a, a scoring chance or you bobble the puck it's just human nature that over a course of time you're going to make a mistake the, the problem for the Senators there, the puck was in Leon's hand or, or Connor's hand. They don't make the mistake in the offensive zone with the puck on their stick. So all of a sudden, what could be a 30-second or a 35-second shift in your own zone, as you said, turns into a minute and a half, and then you can't compete. Uh, we've I, I, I don't know what Leon and Connor eat or drink to give them the stamina that they have. But we've seen them take four- and five-minute shifts and look just as fresh at the end of the shift as they do at the beginning. Most players don't. When I say most, I mean 99% of the other players in the NHL can't do that. So an extended shift like that, when you're defending, which is harder, you just have no chance. And they just kept making good play after good play until eventually there's the spot where you're like, okay, here's where I attack. And when Connor McDavid attacked, there was, I mean, he's going against a forward. The forward's lost half a step on him. And it just turns into a breakaway. And when Connor has that much time, 
he's going to make the right play on net. So that shift was just a, an incredible shift that was going to end either with a power play for the Oilers or how it did end with a goal. That was a great goal. But, Rob, it was the second-best goal scored this afternoon. <laughs> I, I mean, this is second period, and, and, and again, we may have people driving home. Uh, maybe you didn't get to see the game, or maybe you've seen a flash of it on social media. Or even if you have seen it, watch it tonight. Uh, watch it watch it again. So, 2.34 to go in the second. The game's tied 1-1. Drysettle goes down the right wing. And, Rob, when he shot the puck, his entire body was below the icing line the only thing that was above the icing line was the blade of his stick and that's all he needed and not only that he was almost his sticks almost touching the boards with his backswing like he was all, all the way in the corner and, and that was a what a three on four i mean ottawa senators had players back and the senators when they watched the video of that they're like how do i play that any differently we forced the shot from the guy in the corner we had connor mcdavid out there he couldn't shoot he had nowhere to go we forced their goal scorer to stand in the corner with his feet below the goal line and it was too bad right now for a lot of reasons with the pandemic and, and sports not really going because this would be one of those goals that for the next few weeks every kid's hockey practice the kids at the beginning of practice before the coaches start the practice will be standing in the corner give me a one-timer give me a one-time i want to try this in the men's league, the, the beer leaguers, they'd be doing the same thing in warm-up. Hey, I'm going to try and see if I can do that. Anytime you see something spectacular, something cool, you want to go try it to see how hard it is. And trust me, that was as, that's a 10 out of 10 on the difficulty scale. And not only did he hit it, he hit it with an absolute bullet. There was zero chance for that goaltender on that goal. And there's you'll see dipsy doodle goals and you'll see fun goals where guys go between legs, stuff like that this year. I don't know if you're going to find a goal with a higher difficulty than the one that we saw Leon score from behind the goal line. Rob, we're going to get to Dave Tippett in about a minute here. Just uh, seeing that the New York Islanders have tweeted and it is their actual account. You gotta, you always got to watch for fakes, <laughs> but especially around trade deadline time in the NHL. It has the blue check mark, and it has 556,000 followers. So I'm going to assume that's the Real Islanders account. They have acquired Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the Devils uh, for a couple of players and the Islanders' first-round pick in 2021 and a conditional fourth-round pick in 2021. 22 so uh, wow. there you have it uh, the islanders get paul mary so that's one team you can also cross off taylor hall going to well yeah and zajac's good too i mean he's been a good hockey player for a number of years as well that is uh can you hear that right now reed that is dominoes falling because the islanders who already have a very good team just picked up uh two players like that they are quality hockey players going to the new york islanders they now have set the bar of what the other teams are going to have to do if they want to compete in the Stanley Cup playoffs against the Islanders. Yeah, the uh, players going the other way, A.J. Greer, Mason Jobst, uh, and again, the first rounder in 2021, a conditional fourth round pick in 2022, and New Jersey retaining 50% of the salaries on both Palmieri and Zajac. So that's the deal. And Rob, we, we've, we're starting to see this more and more in the NHL. The deadline day can be a little anticlimactic, and sometimes the bigger deals might be made a few days in advance because a GM says, well, you know, if, if you're the Islanders and you, you want to acquire somebody, 
you, you might as well do it. And the other the GM, in this case, the Devils, are probably saying, well, we're not going to get anybody better. Like, we, we've we've sniffed around. And if you can get – I know you're not a big fan of getting first – of trading the first-rounders, but if you were the GM being offered a first-rounder, it would probably make you uh, consider it a little more. And I think first-round picks have more value – than in other years because you're going to need young good players on entry-level contracts so you know new jersey builds up a little bit there yeah i agree and to me it's if you're in a race what the islanders are i mean if you get the guy for a few games earlier why not get him a few games earlier new jersey's probably seen what's been thrown around out there what people are offering and he says okay i could play chicken and get to the deadline but all of a sudden the islanders in the meantime say, you know what that you're asking too much now. I'm going to go another direction. And now you're standing there at the end of the deadline and you still have assets in your hand. You never got to move them. So I give credit to the Islanders for doing this. The Islanders are a good hockey club. They are, and they just got better. All right. The Oilers beat the Senators 4-2. Dry settle with a hat trick. Courtesy Mattress Superstore. Give them five minutes and they'll give you the best sleep of your life. Take the Sleepology body scan and take the guesswork out of buying a mattress. Here's head coach Dave Tippett. So with Rob Dushkowski, Post Media. Uh, hi, Dave. Obviously, uh, putting McDavid and Drysaddle together paid huge uh, uh, dividends today. So, I mean, uh, obviously, coaching was the difference in this game, I would think. <laughs> no, that's those, those players are the ones that make the the difference in the game. And we just we talked about it last night as a staff and uh, our last couple games at home against them we had some success with that line together so we went back with it tonight you you've got dry who you know one of the best shooters in this league and teams they kind of have to leave him open a little bit because if he doesn't mcdavid has more time and space i mean that's got to be an awful predicament for uh, opposition teams to uh, find themselves in well they're, they're both they're both elite players and they make plays and you know, Drysaddle shoots it as well as anybody, especially quick off the pass. And uh, so they they play off each other well, and uh, you know they find opportunities, and they you know they capitalize on some opportunities that are that are not they're kind of not normal goals. They're they're what top top players do, and that's you know we're fortunate that they capitalized a couple on those tonight. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Dave, uh, it's hard to tell on TV. He had Cassian out with those guys at the in that one point in the third period. I don't know if he overstayed the shift or what happened there. Uh, was that a plan? Uh, with uh, with McDavid and Dreisaitl? I don't know. I think it was just in the middle of a change. Okay, I want to ask about Cassian's game. He's pretty quiet, man. There's not a lot of points, not a lot of hits. It, isn't it? it was uh, not bad tonight. He played. Uh, uh, we played him on left wing tonight. We're going to try some different things. We've been talking to him. He was uh, His game was better tonight than it was the other night in Montreal. Is that the kind of game that, that your team, you know, it doesn't hurt your team. You played a feisty opponent that, that pushed back and hit back, and I thought Ottawa... Uh, uh, Ottawa works. So you know they're going to work. If you're not willing to work, you're uh, you're going to be behind. So they drag you into the, drag you into the game, and, uh, you know, I thought I liked our lines tonight. We had everybody that played, and... Uh, and you know you you know you got to work, so it's uh, that's the kind of game it was going to be. And ultimately, you know, McDavid and Drysaddle made a couple of real good plays for us to to give us an advantage. Terry Jones, Post Media, go ahead. Uh, we're talking to uh, Leon and Connor. They 
gave me the idea that uh, a lot of times uh, when you're going to the dynamic duo uh, that uh, they don't find out about it till the morning skate although they can sense it coming in some cases uh, with their record this year against Ottawa uh, was that pretty much a no-brainer well they haven't you know that's our eighth game they there was games the first uh three or four i don't think they played together but the last set that we had at home there the last three we had at home i think we had them together so it's uh you know we you go back and you look at some of those tapes and you try to figure out what you think might work and what not so tonight we just decided to put them together and and uh, fortunately we got some results uh, now you got one more game to play against them tomorrow night. Uh, what's the challenge involved? Well, you know you got to show up and work because they're going to work. They they drag you into the work ethic of the game, and if you're not working, you're going to be behind. So we we have to make sure we get some rest tonight and show up and make sure we got our work boots on tomorrow because it's uh, it's going to be another tight game that um, you know you're going to have to work to to find a way to win if you got a chance to win. Jim Matheson, Post Media. Uh, Dave, uh, how did you think Turris played this evening? I, I thought they were all right. That line, they banged around, had some shifts down in the offensive zone. Turris had a good chance on the, on, on a, a power play. So, you know, we'll see. We're, we're lots of lots of moving parts right now, so we'll see where that goes. But uh, they were you, all right tonight, that line. You talked about Ottawa's competitiveness. How did you see the, uh, the Brady, Kachuk, Leon, Dreisaitl? little bit of a dust up there is that just the way uh chuck plays I, I i didn't see it down in the corner it was the one in the corner i couldn't see but that's just part of the game that's you got teams competing that's what's going to happen daniel Adrian bowman the athletic uh, dave you you seem to give your your second power play unit a little bit more ice including starting them in one uh, power play what, what did you think of that unit that you, you put together uh, they, they had a chance they you know mcdavid and dry were out there for a minute and 30 and just had, had come off another power play so we just we wanted to give them a breather so uh we put them out there they had a good chance tourists had a good chance uh, so it's uh it's good to get some people other looks there and they, they were fine tonight and nico koskinen was coming off uh you know as everyone did in montreal last week not a very good uh, performance and how did you think he, he rebounded uh, tonight he was solid really solid you know we gave up a couple chances at the end there he made big saves for us so timely saves and um you know he played really well in here last time he played in here so it's uh, uh we thought he would give us a good game and uh, and he came up and played very well final question ryan or shog tsn yeah, just on uh, Drysaddle's uh, second goal there, I mean, you know, to thread the needle the way he did from where he did, uh, just maybe if you can put into perspective how, how hard a shot that is to make and how, how impressive that is. Well, first of all, most guys wouldn't even attempt that shot, so you're not going to see it very often. But, you know, he's uh, that's the kind of player he is. He has that confidence. Not only can he, can he try it, he's successful at it, so... Uh, it was a heck of a shot. It's just one of those ones that catches the goalie and and uh, pretty small space to fit it through, but he uh, he found a way. Would you uh, have ever shot a puck from there? Can you recall ever, ever having done that yourself? I dumped a lot of pucks in the corner there. I probably I might have <laughs> tried to shot one there, but uh, no chance of going in. Thanks, Dave. Yeah. Thank you. Head almost. coach of the Edmonton Oilers as they knock off the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Dreisaitl with a hat trick, had an assist. McDavid had a goal. 
and three assists. So they uh, lead the way tonight, and we'll get into some discussion as Tiffett was asked about, about some of the depth, uh, depth players as well today. Tyson Berry with two assists. Ethan Bear had an assist as well for Edmonton. But we should touch on Rob uh, Miko Koskinen. Uh, I mean, you, you got to hand it to him. Has looked quite solid since Mike Smith came back. Doesn't play as much. He's usually playing every third or fourth game. 28 saves tonight. Couple of big saves down the stretch. And uh, his record gets bumped up to 10 and 11 on the year. Yeah, I thought he was good. And that's why we've gotten a lot of phone calls or, or questions over the last little while asking, you know, when's Staylock going to play? And I keep saying the same answer. I don't see him playing. I really don't. Uh, Smith's your starter. He's going to get three quarters of the games. And Koskinen's your backup and has been very good as a backup. I'm not sure that's what they were planning on having him when they signed him to the, the contract extension, but it's what he's become and since Smith has come back, Koskinen has been good almost every game because he's rested. He's being, being able to play the proper amount of minutes now. And uh, to me, the, the others are set in net right now. Now, it, does all of a sudden the, the alarm clock go off on Mike Smith age at some point? He's like, hey, wait, I'm not supposed to be this good. I don't know. But right now, both goaltenders have given the Oilers quality starts and really good quality starts and tonight was just another example of that Koskinen uh, didn't have to be great but he had to make a couple big saves and I know that Bob talked about it at the end of the game Uh, Connor gave the puck away in the last 20 seconds of the game Koskinen came up with a really big save to keep this from going into overtime yeah, that was a big save on Stussel in front, absolutely. And then Drysaddle scored the empty netter just before time expired. That is his fifth regular season hat trick, second against Ottawa this year. He now has six in his career because, of course, one came in the playoffs. Drysaddle, the first star. Connor McDavid, the second star. Connor Brown picked as the third star. We'll make Miko Koskinen the fourth star for Mr. Mike's Steakhouse Casual, your hockey destination. Make your reservation at mrmikes.ca. You can get us at 780-496-0063. That's the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials. The Oilers win at 4-2 in Ottawa. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Okay, Leon Dreisaitl with a hat trick. The Oilers beat the Ottawa Senators 4-2-8-0 against the Sens this season. They'll try to make it 9-0 tomorrow. Can also tell you that the Canadians and Maple Leafs are 1-1 with about five and a half minutes left in the first period. That's on the scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. Curling this afternoon at Worlds in Calgary, Canada's... Brendan Botcher skipped rink, losing 8-7-11 to the Russian Curling Federation. So Botcher now 7-3. The Russian team improves to 8-2. 780-496-0063 is how you get a hold of us. Uh, Davis writes in and says, uh, Hi, guys. I've heard Rob tell a lot of stories over the years about Mario Lemieux scoring with his feet behind the goal line, but did he ever score any when he was that far away from the net and you referenced it Leon's you know butt was right back into the corner when he shot the puck normally when Mario would do that and we've seen Connor try it this year and a lot of the superstars do it nowadays if they're behind the net they get the goaltender facing the wrong way 
they try bouncing it off the goalie. And you, you see that uh, you know, almost every few games, someone will try and bounce one in off a goalie. Very seldom do you see someone beat a goalie. And that's what Leon did. He just simply beat a goalie from that angle. I No, honestly, I don't remember Mario ever sliding down in that position. As Dave Tippett said, and it's true, players don't put themselves in that position to shoot the puck. Most players, and I said it when I was talking between periods, when they get down in that spot, they've created space for themselves. Now they got the puck. Now they're looking to go back to the point with the pass. Or they're going to just throw the puck on the ice and hope it hits a foot or a stick and creates confusion in, in the front of the net. I, I mean, I was a goal scorer, and there was no way I ever thought of sliding to where Leon went. Never. It just, we, used to, we, we taught kids never to do that simply because you just took away your angle. You just took away any advantage you had on that goaltender and, and played to the goalie's uh, strengths. But Leon is so good, so talented, and his one-timer, uh, it, it's got to be up there in the top three or four in the National Hockey League for both how hard he hits it, but more importantly, he always hits the net. And on that one right there, uh, there I don't care who's playing net in the National Hockey League. Nobody's stopping that because nobody's expecting a shot to come from that spot. Rob, this is going to make you chuckle here. Got a message from Thomas who says, uh, Hi, guys. Two observations about tonight's game. One, Leon is good. <laughs> Two, I can't decide which Kachuk irritates me more. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll throw it out there. The father. How's that? <laughs> yeah, for, which of the three? That's a good point. <laughs> uh, Leon is good. I mean, we we're fortunate in Edmonton that we have Connor McDavid here. I mean, he came with huge fanfare. Uh, it was a celebration when we won the lotto and got to pick Connor McDavid, and at no point. Have we even remotely been disappointed? He has been, if not as good, most likely better than advertised. But sometimes getting overlooked in that is how good Leon Dreisaitl is. I mean, we've got, I and I'm going to say, we've got the two best players in the NHL playing on the same team. And night after night, we get to see that. So, yes, Leon Dreisaitl is good, and his skill level is amazing. He's a different skill set than Connor. Connor's skill set uh, is a combination of brain and feet. Leon's skill set is a combination of hands and brain. But when you combine them together, it, and we saw it tonight with the Ottawa Centers, it is incredibly hard to contain them. Yeah, that's that's an interesting way to, to, to put it and because McDavid will just kill you with his speed and and i mean look it's certainly there's other skill sets but dry settles more likely to uh to grind you down or, or do something with pure power because that's that that's part of those one-timers that he scores i mean he's he, yes you got to get them off but he, he is he is drilling them and that extra three or four miles per hour on a shot sometimes that's the difference between it going in or off a goalie and in and the goalie getting across to stop it and that's why for Leon's one-timers, he doesn't have to go bar down or bar in because it, it gets there so fast. He just has to hit the net because the net's going to be open. There's that split second as the goalie's coming across, there's open net. That if he hits the net, it's going to be in the net. And, and it over and over and over again. And what you love about him, and 
uh, Brett Hall was the best that I ever played against at it, is finding a quiet spot on the ice. It's amazing. When Connor has the, the puck and he's playing with Leon, everybody that's watching the game knows, okay, he's looking to find Leon in a, in a backdoor one-timer. Everyone in the game, every player on the opposition has studied film over and over again. Okay, when Connor's going one way, you know he's coming back across the ice to Leon. Everyone knows it. Yet the great players find ways to disappear. They find ways to find that quiet zone that gives the good passing lane and also allows you the shooting lane. Brett Hall was the best ever. He scored 80-some goals a season, yet he always seemed to be wide open when he got the puck. Leon Dreisaitl is the same way. Smart players just outthink you, and Leon did that tonight. And when you got Connor making the play, you know that 99% of the time it's going to be on a tee, and all Leon has to do is hit it. So three for Dreisaitl, one for McDavid in a 4-2 win over the Senators. That means a $400 donation to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous. It's courtesy James H. Brown and Associates Serious Injury Lawyers. They're given 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season, and the total now up to $13,100. Great stuff from James H. Brown. Okay, Dreisaitl, a big game, courtesy Mattress Superstore. Here he is. Leon, uh, a strong game again from you and Connor when you're on the same line. I'm just wondering, as a player, do you have to think differently or get to think the game a little differently when you're on the ice with uh, Connor McDavid? Um, I mean, it's probably a different game than when I'm playing center, yeah. But um, I think we both just try and play our game and, um, you know, be effective, uh, play both ways. Uh, be good in our own zone and then, you know, turn that into a quick quick transition up the ice. So um, he obviously speeds the game up a lot. So um, it's it's quick thinking and um, yeah, I think he would, he would probably tell you the same. I know it's, it's not easy to talk up your own goals, but that second one from the sharp angle there, can you maybe just talk people through what you saw? Because, you know, we all watched the replay about three or four times and we still don't know how that went in. I don't, uh, yeah, this, this is weird, but um, I don't know. I just try and take a shot, um, put myself in a position where it can, um, you know, surprise the goalie maybe a little bit, um, get an angle where I can get it off quick enough so it has a chance. But it's obviously a, a really nice play by Connor as well. Mark Spector, Sportsnet. Uh, to that last goal, Leon, you often shoot from that side. You seldom shoot from quite that low on that side. Is that, you know, does that just happen? Do you have, do you have time to say, oh, man, I might be a little low here? Or is it just instinct? Uh, it's definitely a little instinctual. Um, I think sometimes you just, I don't know, from the side of your eye or something, um, you can try and try and read the goalie a little bit, but... Sometimes it's just instincts and sometimes you want to get it off. Sometimes you think there's a better play to be made. So, um, you know, obviously I'm, I'm lucky that, um, you know, I, I made that decision and, and I went in. And the power play goal, Connor McDavid gets that puck on the other side and he takes a couple steps to the net and everybody on the PK looks at him and says, uh-oh, we better go cover Connor McDavid. And you stand out there waiting for a pass. I assume you know that pass, you assume that pass is coming. Is that a... You think that pass is going to come over when he starts stepping to the net? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he's a threat, right? Because he's got a heck of a shot as well, and, and he's using it. And, um, 
it's it's hard to defend, especially him. He's the best best passer in the game. Uh, he'll find those little triangles, those little seams, and it's it's my job to to find an opening and make it easy for him to get it over there. Um, and then it's just about being ready and um, you know trying to bear down and put it in. Terry Jones, Post Media. Uh, could, at what point do you and Connor find out that uh, that you're going to play a game together? And uh, uh, to what extent do you kind of anticipate it regardless? Um, I mean, you've had so much success usually, against us. Usually we find out the morning of the game. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then... Yeah, I, I think we're just so used to it by now that um, you know it's it's not a not a big deal for us to switch back and forth. We're, we've done it for so many years. We've done it for so long, and and it's just a matter of uh, you know adjusting your game a little bit. And um, yeah, uh, you know whether we're together or apart, uh, it doesn't really matter to us. We we try and go out and play our game every night, and uh, some nights it works better than others. Um, I think that's normal in this league, uh, but. Yeah, it's uh, it's obviously always fun to play with them. To, to somebody picking up the summary tomorrow, uh, it, it, it would appear that you guys, quote unquote, collected another win against Ottawa, and four two uh, business as usual, eight no, and that sort of thing. Uh, but that wasn't uh, that was no easy win again. Uh, no, it's no no win is easy in this league. Um, they've lost seven times to us before this. Um, you know they're going to try and everything they can to win a game. So, um, you know they're an energetic group. Um, they got got some skill over there. They'll make plays. They throw a lot of pucks on net, which is always dangerous. Um, so there's no easy wins in this league. Um, sometimes. Um, you know those those ugly ones are the ones that you need, and and um, I thought tonight wasn't wasn't the prettiest, but uh, it's two points, and um, I don't think anyone really cares about how how we won this game. Daniel Jim Bowman, the Athletic. Uh, Leon, uh, just to play a little bit off of uh, Terry's question there, um, you know, you guys were really humming as a line, yet 2-2 two -two with, with a few minutes left in the game. So I'm just wondering, did you, did you sense another one was coming for you guys the way you were playing, or was there maybe the frustration, not the right word, but, you know, the fact that it was tied, was it a little concerning for you guys at that point? No, it's not It's not concerning. Um, like I said, uh, this league's hard. There's no easy teams to beat. Um, teams are going to make it hard on you. There's tight games over and over and over again. And uh, tonight was a tight game. Um, uh, would I say that we're feeling another one? No. Um, sometimes it just happens, you know. Um, obviously, we, we wanted to end it in regulation. We wanted to win the game. So um, we had we had one crack at it, and, and we ended up scoring. So... Um, it's, it's a big win for us, and um, move on to tomorrow. And, uh, you know, when you made that little backhand pass to McDavid there, did you sense that he was going to do what he what he did? Uh, yeah, I mean, he, he had so much speed cut in the corner there that, uh, you know, it's always dangerous um, to defend him, obviously, when he, when he cuts the corner like that with, with that much uh, speed. So... Um, there's always always something that can happen with, with him, um, you know, the puck in his hand, obviously. Final question in English, Tony Brower, Oilers TV. 
Leon, you guys have been so good this season holding on to a lead when heading into the final frame. But two nights ago, you guys uh, maybe had a little bit of a missed opportunity. And tonight, Ottawa tied things up in the first minute of the third. But it must be a pretty good feeling for your group to stick with it and come out with two points. Uh, yeah, of course. Uh, you know, those are those are playoff uh, types of games that, um, you know, you go, go into the third leading and they tie one up and then uh, it's a tight game and you try and try and get it back. So uh, it's, it's a good test for us and um, I have to be ready for tomorrow. There's the first star this afternoon. Leon Dreisaitl with a hat trick as the Edmonton Oilers knock off the Ottawa Senators 4-2. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown with you in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. So Dreisaitl leads the way. A lot of uh, contributions from McDavid as well. Rob, I think we got to talk about some of the other storylines. And, and look, this is not a surprise to see those two guys produce a lot of points. And it's not a surprise maybe in some situations to uh, to have some of the other guys on the roster leave you wanting a little more. And look, I have again, I have no problem with the Oilers banking points against the Ottawa Senators. You got to get the points wherever you can. We've talked about how poorly the the Flames have done against the Senators, and that could be one of the big reasons they wind up missing the playoffs. So you got to beat the team you have to beat. But we know in a little over a month, the Oilers are going to be in a seven game series with either Montreal, Toronto, or Winnipeg, and mm-hmm. especially Toronto and Montreal have done a pretty good job uh, limiting. Connor and Leon and and you need other guys stepping up Kyle Turris got back into the lineup uh today and was on the line with Archibald and Cassian yeah uh, Bob and I talked about that at the end of the game uh when he, he said compare Turris is what for the spot that he took from Haas and I said for good or for bad I always notice Haas at the end of the game uh, he just he's a spark plug out there he's always moving he's always darting he has the puck on his stick a lot uh, he, he tries to dangle, but I notice him. And too many times I haven't noticed Turris as much. Like in today's game, didn't really notice a whole lot. And this was a game, the Ottawa Senators, I mean, this is the bottom of the, the heap in the North Division. If you are going to be a uh, player that is, is lower in the lineup, a, a support player, these are the games you should be noticed more in because you're not playing the Toronto Maple Leafs depth. You're not playing the Winnipeg's depth or Montreal's depth. This is a team, Ottawa, that works hard, but let's face it, their depth, I mean, you can't, we go around the street in Edmonton, you probably couldn't name, you know, their bottom five players. And we didn't notice some of the depth players for the Oilers tonight. And this is a trial right now for for the Oilers players in the, the role players on this team. There's 29 guys that are on the roster with the taxi squad. And as you said, a month from now, the playoffs are going to start. Everybody wants to be in the opening night of the playoffs. Nobody wants to sitting be sitting up in the rafters. So there's now, I don't know, what is it, 16 games left on the season or something along that line for these players to prove that they deserve to be in the lineup on that night. And some players have really grasped it. A Devin Shore has been excellent since he's come back in the lineup. You notice him every night, and it's always a good thing. But there's other players that you've looked and you're like, huh, I was expecting more. And then the other thing you throw in there too, Reed, we are, what, six days, five days away from a trade deadline. So there's players you have in the lineup, and there's a reason sometimes guys are put in, okay, are we getting enough from this player? Or do we need to shore up something down in a depth role type of player 
because we're not getting what is expected from that player. So, uh, yeah, uh, the stars were great tonight. Some of the support were good, but there were others that you didn't notice as much. Well, and I love how you put that. You, you got to always remember the the internal competition for playing time and and for spots, and and it's you know players are always planting the seeds in a coach's mind. A, who who can I trust? And B, is can somebody make a play other than the top guys? Because when you get to the playoffs, you're going to need something from. Uh, an, an unusual source, an unlikely contributor, an unlikely hero, whatever you want to call it. And then I'm glad you brought up Devin Shore's name because, you know, he's got a little bit of offense to his game. I realize he doesn't have a, lot, a, a ton of goals and I realize he didn't score tonight, but he actually had a couple of legitimate scoring chances where he mm-hmm. makes good plays and he shows he can at least get a shot off. Do you want more to go in? Well, of course, everybody wants more to go in, but he's a, he's a perfect example, plays 10 to 12 minutes a night, kills some penalties, clearly has the trust of the coaching staff. And then at least you can see, okay, he tried to make a play. It wasn't just get the puck into the offensive end of the rink and then the drive goes away. He made a really nice play. And I, I think it was shorthanded where he got the puck, took his time, looked off a defender, then walked to the slot. And I, I mean, it's hard to tell because we're a million miles away, but it looked like it hit the outside of the post, but it was a smart play, a thinking man's play. He didn't just, you know, third, fourth line guy, throw it on net and chase puck. He actually tried to create something. Uh, He's earning the trust of the coaching staff. He's a guy that late in games, you've seen him move up onto Leon's line because he's got a little better defensive pedigree than Cahoon. And the one thing you never want to be is a guy that late in games or in certain situations, you get pulled off the ice because the coach doesn't trust you because eventually that, that pulling off the line becomes putting in the, in the stands because the coach don't trust you. So Shore has been uh, everything that they had hoped for and probably more. And when you start looking at the guys in the bottom of the lineup, there's certain guys that are earning more and more trust from the coaching staff, and he is certainly one of them. Okay, the Oilers take it 4-2. We are looking for somebody to finish the play at 780-496-0063. That's our certainty hotline. You're also going to hear from Connor McDavid. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Centre. Here is McDavid into the Ottawa end, top of the circle, into the corner, Dreisaitl scores! Leon Dreisaitl, one-timer from an impossible angle, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. Spectacular second period goal from Leon Dreisaitl. He nets a hat trick as the Oilers beat the Senators 4-2. McDavid had the other goal. Really good game from Koskinen as well. He makes 28 saves. So here's the trade that happened a little less than an hour ago. The New York Islanders get Kyle Palmieri and Travis Zajac from the Devils for a first-round pick this summer, a conditional fourth-round pick in 22 and forwards A.J. Greer and Mason Jopst, who are both currently playing in the minors, and Pierre Lebrun reporting that the condition of the pick is that if the Islanders make it all the way to the Stanley Cup final, the fourth rounder becomes a third, either in 2022 or 2023. So that's the breakdown. Palmieri has eight goals and nine assists in 34 games this season. He's 30. He's in the final year of his contract, makes $2.3 million. He's obviously a free agent this summer. Zajac, a little older, he's 35. Uh, I was double-checking the stats, Rob. He actually has uh, uh, 18 points. He has one more point than 
Paul Mary, uh, and he's making uh, 2.8 million per season, both UFAs. So that is the the deal. I, I think that's a pretty good one for the Islanders. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, giving up a first rounder is a big price to pay, but I, I think that's a pretty good deal for the Islanders. Well, they're they're going all in. They've they've got a very good hockey club that's playing well. They're well coached, and what we've seen with Montreal, they picked up some veteran players this year. Perry, and they just got Stahl. The Toronto Maple Leafs have gotten out, and they got a, a Simmons, a Spezza, a Thornton. Teams are trying to find older players, veteran players that have been around that they can play in a support role. They're not looking for the guy to come in that's going to lead them. They're looking for guys that are going to come in and fit in and play well in, in whatever role you you put them in. And uh, the Islanders just got some veteran type players to, to add to an already very good lineup. So, yes, now it makes it interesting in that division. If you're Pittsburgh or Washington uh, or, or teams like that, what do you do now? Because the Islanders just got better. The Montreal Canadiens announced earlier today, Brendan Gallagher, long-term injured reserve, is expected to miss six weeks, broken thumb on Monday against the Oilers. It's too bad. You, you just don't like seeing injuries ever. Uh, and then you add the fact that it's a good kid that uh, plays the game the right way. So it, it's too bad for the Montreal Canadiens. Hopefully, uh, with that diagnosis, he is back for for the playoffs because Montreal will be in the playoffs. You don't want to see. Uh, you just don't want to see him miss the whole rest of the year. You want to see him come back and play. So best wishes to him because he is he's a player that every other team in the NHL wish they had players like him. All right, the Oilers take it 4-2. You can get us on the CertainTeed hotline, CertainTeed professional-grade building materials, 780-496-0063. We have Stu standing by. Stu, what is on your mind, sir? Oh, well, Leon scored a dynamic goal like he was playing soccer for the Germans when he got that second goal. That was amazing. Yeah, great goal for sure. Anything else, or you want to do the contest? Uh, Yeah, I want to do the contest. Okay, here we go, buddy. You already got a premium sampler box from Hungry Herd. Top quality meats delivered right to your door at everyday low prices. Alberta owned and operated. Kellen, roll it. Now to Barry, left wing for Nurse. He'll go cross ace, skips off the stick of Yamamoto. Oh, oh boy, Yamamoto. Yamamoto delivered a huge hit, Stu. Did yep. he hit Mike Riley or Drake Batherson? Riley. Let's find out. Now to sure. Barry, left wing for Nurse. He'll go cross ace, skips off the stick of Yamamoto. Oh, oh boy, Yamamoto ran over Riley. What a hit by Yamamoto. Here's Nurse. I, I, I know another Mike Riley who got hit quite a few times, but by a lot bigger uh, by a lot bigger defensive lineman than Yamamoto. Stu, you got it. Your name's going into the grand prize draw for a $1,000 gift certificate to Visions Electronics. That's courtesy PF Custom Countertops. Support local with a PF renovation. Get started at pfcustomcountertops.com. Kyler Yamamoto, it's interesting, Rob. Teams don't usually draft enforcers in the first round. <laughs> uh, yeah, he plays with a little bit of edge. Uh, I, any player that uh, plays and is an offensive player at his size has had to learn to play with abuse. I mean, whenever you go against a skilled player, okay, he's a small guy, you got to be physical, you got to hit him over and over and over again. So if you want to survive and not be a flash in the pan, then you got to be able to protect yourself. 
and what we've seen this year that Yamamoto gives it out just as much as he takes it and he's got a little bit of gur in his game and we saw that right there where uh, I don't think Riley had any idea even after he got hit what had happened because he's looking at Yamamoto his eyes are lighting him and goes all right I'm gonna run this kid through the boards next thing you're staring up at the the lights and the, the scoreboard and you're like hey what happened there so I'm sure in uh, probably not tonight, but in tomorrow's practice, the Ottawa Senators, there'll be a few guys throwing out barbs at Riley saying, yeah, remember when that five foot four guy just sent you flying? Yeah, just in case you weren't sure about it, we're going to text you over and over because I guarantee you there's memes out there right now that you can send to people with that hit. Well, I mean, good for Yamamoto for for how he plays. And that is part of an interesting discussion, though. And we were talking about it earlier, some of the Oilers' depth players. What are you bringing? Are you noticeable? It still seems to me that the Oilers' forwards who are most willing to physically engage and try to throw a noticeable momentum-changing body check are their two smallest guys, Josh Archibald and Kyler Yamamoto. So celebrate those guys. But I understand why that's frustrating to, to some of our listeners. Why don't we hear about those momentum-changing hits from some of the guys who are, you know, six feet, six two, six four? Uh, you're, you're right. Uh, I mean, the one player that's more consistent since he's started to play better is Jujar Kara. He's been more physical. Uh, and Bob and I talked at the end of the, the game, we talked about Cassian, and that's who you're probably referring to, and most people are when they talk about where has he been. When Zach Cassian signed his contract, and I said it after the game, I said that is a great contract if he plays with Connor McDavid. That contract is not as uh, pleasing if he's a third-line winger, and that's what he's become, and the reason he's become that is you don't see the consistency in his game that we saw before. Zach Cassian, outside of Connor and Leon, probably has the ability to impact a game more than any other player. Connor and Leon will do it with their skill, but Cassian was able to do it, and we've seen it in the past, with his physicality, with his fighting, with his playing on the edge and occasionally going over the edge. There was an intimidation factor, and we haven't seen that not on a consistent basis. And in all honesty, if, if Zach was playing with consistency on his on the third line right now, show, doing what he's capable of doing, he, he could possibly be back playing with Leon and Connor in tonight's game. Pugliarvi slowed down considerable in, in the last 15 games. And you know what Dave Tippett's like. He likes to change things up when they're not working. But Cassian hasn't shown enough to allow him to be able to move up and down the lineup. And he's one of those guys that they, they need more from. If they want to be a team that beats Montreal or beats uh, the Winnipeg Jets or beats Toronto in the playoffs, they're going to have to be physical against the Ellers, the, the, the Tavares, the Marner, the, and a number of the small Montreal forwards. And they need the Cassians to do that. And we haven't seen that from him this year. That'll be our adjustment of the game that we're looking for from Alberta's chiropractors. If it hurts, see a chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com slash hockey. Okay, we have Dave standing by as well, 780-496-0063. By the way, Leafs and Canadians 1-1, four minutes into the second period. Oilers beat the Sens 4-2. Dave, go ahead. Uh, yes, I just want to say um, I want to comment on um, the second goal by Dreisaitl from, from the goal line. 
Hello? Sure. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it reminded me of somebody else. Um, in a past life, I used to drive a Zamboni at the U of A rink, and every fall there would be this big conditioning camp there. Lots of the other players were there, and I remember Yerry Curry standing right in the corner there, feet over the line, and shooting shot after shot into the far side of that net. Looked just like that last night. Yeah, well, if yeah. there's a player that could do it, that would be the guy that could. Um, so, and that's again, that's yeah, you're right. You've seen that before. Yeah, no, there's there's players, that, there's few and far between. The thing is, most players will never try it. Most players are never going to drift into the corner on the under the goal line and set themselves up to shoot a puck. I mean, Yari Curry wouldn't have done that in a game. Yari Curry was knew, all right, I'm going to get into this area over here because this is a better scoring spot. But that is how confident Leon Dreisaitl is in his shot. And we've seen him a number of times fall into bad angles on purpose. And the, the, the rink is smaller now for the, these players than it was when I played because the players are much, much bigger now. So there's not as much room. So you, don't ha you can't stand in the areas that I used to stand in, Brett Hall used to stand in, where, where there was more room. So you got to find areas that are quiet. And not many players in the league are capable or willing to do what Leon did, find that area and then shoot from there. So his, the, the talent level is incredible that he's not only can think the game to put himself there, but to, to be able to make it work. And then you got Connor McDavid finding him there thinking, all right, you know, he's in a goal scoring place. Most guys aren't going to pass it to a guy down there. But, yeah, Yari Curry would be another player that you would think could put the puck in the net from just about anywhere on the ice. Well, what I find interesting about that as well, Rob, so if Curry is shooting from a sharp angle or any player who is practicing, you're doing something that is probably going to be more difficult than you would try it in a game. I mean, yep. you might try it in a game, but if you can hit the net from this incredibly sharp angle, then you're going to be comfortable doing it from the face-off dot or the top. I mean, it's like why baseball players swing weighted bats. Right, with their, where they're where they're getting ready to 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 go to bat. Okay, I'm I'm working myself in, or you know, you see, will uh, field goal kickers will try field goals from these incredibly sharp angles. So then, when they get in a game, it's like, oh, well, the goalposts look like they're 400 feet wide. Of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. So I I that's a that's a cool memory from Dave that he saw Curry doing that. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when you're in practice, it, it's amazing when you watch practice. Come, don't just watch the, if anyone ever has a chance, don't just go watch the 60 minutes or 45, or whatever, where from the time the coach starts to the time the practice ends. As fun as that is, players are at their best, most creative before the whistle and after the whistle in practices. Because then they get to do what they want. They get to be kids and they get to try things. They'll try something they saw another player do or heard about and they want to see what they're capable, and then they'll push the envelope a little bit more. That's when it's the funnest. That's when Mario used to, at the end of every practice, set up five pucks and shoot on this goalie, Frankie Peter Angelo, take five wrist shots from the center ice circle in the dot in the, the offensive zone, and he'd score four to five every time. And I, I used to laugh at Frankie, say, I can't believe you're letting them score like that. And he said, I have no idea where the puck's going because he's that good. <laughs> So it, it, the best players, they start doing these. In Pittsburgh, we used to have these little tournaments at the end of practice. We had a lot of Russians, a lot of Swedes, a lot of Czechs. 
and we had a North American. So you had teams of four, and you play four on four. And we used to have Alexei Kovalev on the team, who Yarmir Jagr said was the most talented player he'd ever seen. And I believe it. He just didn't always want to be. But he would go through all four of us in the North American team, go in on a breakaway, turn, come all the way back out to center just so he could go through all four of us again and go on a breakaway a second time. That's how talented he was. But you just didn't see it all the time. Well, that sounds that sounds frustrating to defend against. Uh, the, the Oilers win 4-2 over Ottawa. Whenever they get to 5, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light, courtesy Japanese Village Restaurants. More on them at jvedmonton.ca. Okay, so uh, I'm going to keep uh, with everybody here from Inside Sports, so we'll keep talking about the Oilers game uh, a little bit. We'll get to Connor McDavid after 7. We'll get some final thoughts from Rob after the break here on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. All right, appreciate you tuning in. The Oilers win the game that started at 3 in the afternoon, an odd start time, 4-2 over the Ottawa Senators. Dreisaitl in the first, Norris and Dreisaitl in the second period, and then Brown, McDavid, and Dreisaitl into an empty net to seal the deal. That one went in just before the buzzer went. So four points each for McDavid and Dreisaitl. Edmonton one for three on the power play. Ottawa 0 for 2. The shots were 35-30 in favor of the Oilers. Koskinen, 28 saves for the win. Hogberg, 31 saves for the loss. Some other uh, stats to look at. Rob Darnell Nurse, as you might expect, leads the ice time with 26-41. Also had four shots on goal, credited with uh, three hits and three blocked shots as well. Dreisaitl played 23-50. McDavid played 24-02. How about, I mean, it's, it's not as... The, the face-off stat is an interesting one because, you know, they won the game, and I think there are maybe certain face-offs, Rob, that, that there's, somebody should keep a stat, like important face-offs or something mm-hmm. like that. But uh, uh, So the Oilers went 38% in the face-off circle, but Dreisaitl went 54%. <laughs> so I won't go through every guy's uh, stat. You can just know that uh, it was uh, 43% or lower for every other individual face-off. Well, if you're... If you're a fan wondering what is a big need for the Oilers on trade deadline, it's someone that can win a face-off. Because in the playoffs, as you know, goals become a little bit harder to find. Face-offs become a little bit more important. And if you got to send Leon out to take every important face-off, at times he's going to get stuck out on the ice and you're wasting valuable energy of one of the best players in the world because no one else on your team can you trust to win a face-off. Well, and and another thing to talk about, I mean, if we're speaking about depth and trying to get more players to contribute as well, the three guys who kill the final minute, you know, in a one or two goal lead are McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Archibald. And, and I know other teams will put their, their, you know, best players out because a lot of times they're fast and you, you want a guy who can hit an empty net, but that's just another situation where you're kind of leaning on the two stars. Well, we, we found they lean on them for just about everything. Um, yeah, true. Well, Leon's going to be out there 100% of the time because if there's a face-off, he has to be out there. He's the only guy that you can trust. Archibald, we found over the last year and a bit that he is probably the most trusted of all the role players, and rightfully so. And Connor McDavid is Connor McDavid. So those are the guys you're going to have out there at the end of a hockey game. But, yeah, it's one of those ones that when you say, okay, if those three are out there, who would I put? And then it's a long thought process to find the next three guys that you would have up. 
because we don't see it very often. And there's probably a reason why we don't see any other guys because they don't get the job done as well. All right, Rob, we're back at it tomorrow. Uh, a more uh, usual game time that we're used to for road games in the East. Face-off show at 3.30. Game's going to be at 5. Look forward to talking to you then, buddy. Sounds good, Reed. We'll have a little more on this game during Inside Sports, of course. You'll get the post-game comments from Connor McDavid. You can still chime in, 780-496-0063. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer, and to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer. Get more on 630Ched.com or globalnews.ca. Oilers win it 4-2. Dry settle with a hat trick. This has been Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line from the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. I got an hour of inside sports coming up. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.